You're listening to Surly Talk Sport. Brought to you by Sky Sport now. Oh, good. Welcome back. Surly Talk Sports. Boy, this week she's been all go already, of course. Been filling in early doors. George FM breakfast for the great man, Tammy Davis. Jeez, does he know how to use his sick days to precision. He always times them around the old public holidays to get maximum effect. Really enjoyed being in the mixer, though. Chewing the fat with the great man, General Lee. And really appreciate a lot of you getting around it as well. Had some great feedback coming through. Plenty of texts on the old George FM line as well. Some really still paying me out for that New South Wales loss. So a big up yours truly to all of you. But appreciate it regardless. Bloody good fun. And hopefully the start of many more occasions in the mixer at George. Of course I'll be back on there tomorrow morning to preview the weekend sport ahead. So make sure you tune in there. Also a big week for me in terms of grassroots code of course. Haven't been speaking about it as much this year to be fair. Without the roots there is no tree and those that are long term listeners will know I'm a big fan of the importance grassroots footy plays. Been out injured this year had the old Ryan Pappenhausen like injury. Bit of a fractured kneecap so it's been a tough long stint of rehab for me but the physio has finally given me the green light to dust off the boots and get back out there on the paddock so bloody excited to take on Massey this weekend. Should be a huge game. They're going great guns. Unfortunately we went down to Tacker by a bee's dick last weekend so the lads will be stinging and looking for redemption. Moya Park Saturday Arvo, hopefully the sun's out like she is today. Get yourself in the mix. Would love to see you there and up the mighty coach. She's a jam-packed show today, which of course is brought to you by the legends at Sky Sport. Now it is your home for sport streaming live or on demand here in New Zealand. If you're like me, you love your sports and a real variety of them as well. Sign up now to Sky Sport now. Download the app. You won't regret it. Sign yourself up for the weekly, annual or monthly pass. You can cancel at any time and that'll unlock all your Sky Sport and ESPN channels for for a fraction of the price of your regular Sky subscription. Everything you want and nothing you don't. You don't need those other channels. You just want to tuck in to everything the world of sport has to offer. NRL, Super Rugby, NBA, NHL, golf. It is all on there. Something for everyone. If it's worth watching, it is on Sky. Use the code SURLY10 to get yourself a 10% discount as well. Show your support. and Show them that the STS community is riding along with them really appreciate them so let's get around them and show them that the feeling is mutual as mentioned jam-packed show today though we're going to talk some nrl the weekly wrap will cover off your nba the ufc kaikata france what a robbery that was talk some live golf and pga and then the main event special guest the great man himself marty banks of course, fresh from the Landers, who unfortunately, their season ended a little earlier than they'd hoped. He's jumped on 
to talk all things Landers 2023 as well as the big games coming up this weekend. Always one of the great wordsmiths who has a couple good yarns as well. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. Strap yourself in. She's going to be all go for the next hour or so. So without further ado, let's get into it. How good is a Thursday? Big fizz. Rugby League Gods game, round 14 in the books, just the seven games, slightly shorter round than usual of course due to state of origin but boy did they deliver, plenty to get through, lots of talking points as well, so let's rip into those, it got underway on your Friday night with a bit of a barnstormer right down to the wire with the green machine, Pippin the Tigers who finished with a flurry and almost stole the show, Ricky Stewart's men though, they dug deep, Jamal Fogarty with a last minute penalty, gotta say that was the right call too, plenty of people debating whether Isaiah Papali'i should have been penalised for that charge down attempt, for me it's like basketball, if you get in a guy's landing space off the back of a drop goal you're gonna get pinged for it, shouldn't have left his feet and in the end it cost them a famous two points, I tell you what old Johnny Bateman, geez, he can't acquire a tan but he can score himself a meat pie, two great tries against his old club and no doubt he was fired up to prove a point against them and Lukey Brooks geez do I give him some shit but you got to tip your hat when the kid's playing good code and that is exactly what he is doing leading the Tigers around with precision and it's great to see they've offered him a fresh two-year deal 500k a year so old Brooksy he always comes right in the business end of the season secures himself the bag he'll probably drop his form off yet again but a big performance from him and again shout out to the young fella Jareem Buller as well he's having a Jareem season in his rookie year playing some great code as well and he looks every bit the real deal in the one jersey someone they can really build on in years to come. Super Saturday and of course the main event for this game was the Mighty Warriors hosting the Finns at Let's Go Media Stadium Mount Smart. Our first performance there under that newly named home track and shit to the lads rise to the occasion. The stage was set, 24,000 plus bums on seats. The sold up sign went out in Penrose which you gotta love. She was a blackout. Plenty of heritage jerseys on and off the park. The fans really got around it black everywhere, the Dolphins first trip across the Tasman and man did we make it an unhappy hunting ground for them, really gave them the full Mount Smart welcome and a big up yours as well to a couple lads who did jump ship, they left the Waz and they paid the ultimate price, 30 rugby league points to 8. What an absolute hiding and for me this was extremely important, often Warriors sides in the past and even this year we win games but we really struggle to just show up and hump a side into the core of the earth but that is exactly what we did, a 22 point win, comfortable watching for the crowd and geez did the Mount Smart faithful respond, the crowd were up on their feet non-stop riding the roller coaster every big play, she was a real party like atmosphere and if you haven't been to a game at Mount Smart, there were a few legends reaching out saying it was their first one, travelled all across the country for it, you gotta get along, there truly is no better game day experience and the atmosphere at these games 
is purely electric. On to the game though, and she was a tight first half, of course, 6-4 at Oranges, not a lot in it, a real arm wrestle to be fair, both sides just feeling each other out, had a couple disallowed, as we always seem to do, but the Finns, they're no side that'll roll over, they always show up and front up, and even without Jeremy Marshall King, they look determined to make it a tough day at the office for our lads, but in the second 40, that is where we really shone, we wore them down, and our class just really came to the fore. They always say the cream rises to the top and that is exactly what happened throughout the course of the 80 minutes here. Shawnee Johnson take a bow and I don't know if it was that 2003 jersey that inspired a vintage like performance and many people are saying old Sean he is back that was almost a throwback to the old Sean to be fair whack whack dummies galore couple meaties but boy just the way he leads this side around the park so cool calm and composed he was also battling a bit of a flu and an ankle injury too and there were rumours he might not have even laced up for that game so a huge performance from the Prince of Pen coming in with a bit of adversity and putting on a clinic like that to help lead us to the win you gotta love it and boy do I hope he re-signs for 2024 of course he's turned down the Tigers he's made his intentions clear that Mount Smart is his home whether that's in a playing or coaching capacity we are still yet to see him RTS CHT all back for next year Boy, that's almost tuck into your waist belt type of material, but a huge performance from Sean, and he wasn't the only one, I thought. Adam from Noah Blake, again, another monster performance through the middle from him. I've said it many a time, he's definitely a top three prop for me. It's Haas, Fisher-Harris, and AFB, and you could argue he's right at the top of those pops as well. He can truck nut, boy, can he hit too. Absolutely sat the goat, Marky Nichols, which got the faithful up and about and he's just an enforcer that can ball play and play some huge minutes as well again as play the balls we're at a rapid speed the momentum he gives our sets is massive and you really notice when the big fella isn't out on the park certainly delivering in massive ways in 2023 loving watching him play and you must say as well he's probably due another meaty he's been prolific at crossing the chalk this year hasn't dotted down the last two weeks so he could be a good shout up against the green machine this weekend Wade Egan Park welcome back son boy what a difference he makes and we spoke about SJ how good he was but you got to think a lot of that comes down to Wado as well he plays his best code when Eden Park is in the nine jersey just the work he does around the ruck squaring blokes up and giving good nut it just gives SJ so much more time defenders on the back foot he can dig deep into the line and that is where Shawnee does his best work so welcome back Wade great to have you back in the mix so speaking of welcome back Mitch Barnett I thought he was unreal off the bench I was speaking of Jazz Tavanga and Tamaide Martin up in the TAB lounge pre-game geez two great roosters and it's always a privilege to interview guys like that they mentioned Mitch he was so close to actually pulling pin they thought it could have been the end of his career to then front up like that put in a big shift zero handbrakes right from the moment he stepped onto the park mentally that is a massive achievement physically as well it's not easy to do and I think a lot of Warriors fans I think I said it last week actually they forgot Mitch was actually in this side the kid is an enforcer always goes hammer and tongs so welcome back Mitchie B what an addition he is to our pack and can't wait to see him continue to develop over the weeks to come 
Dylan Watini Zelezniak again our back three in general exceptional chance save his house as you already know that Montoya he can truck the nut like no one else but Big Dal he continues to be exceptional he gives us that X factor out on the wing that razzle dazzle and he's also a world class finisher the way he flies through the air the acrobatics the flying mullet you gotta love it Two tries, one off a beautiful intercept as well, reading the play, seeing it so clear, like a Shakespeare poem. And again, his carries as well. There's some real Carmichael Hunt about our boys. We wind up, we do some massive work. Over 200 metres in back-to-back -back weeks. We love you, DWZ. And he's becoming a real cult hero amongst the fans as well. Standing O's down in Cossie's corner whenever he was walking back there. That is what Warriors footy is all about. We've always had these cult heroes that the fans get around, and it's fair to say Dell fast becoming that. And then to top it off, that jersey. And I know a lot of people have spoken about it, but boy, is it beautiful. What a piece of kit. I tell you what, if the lads came out and said we're wearing that for the rest of the season, I would be far from disappointed. And geez, did it inspire the lads as well. That 2003 side, which the jersey was based off, went one short of the grand final. So hopefully that's a good omen as well. I think this team will definitely be playing finals footy come September. And geez, did it just look right putting 30 odd points on the fins in that heritage jersey a sight for rugby league fans to behold for the fins she was a tough night and no doubt Wayne Bennett will be licking his wounds throughout the week he'll have them up and about ready to rip in this weekend of course they had Milford sent to the bin Wallace on report so he's out for a while as well so they had plenty of adversity Marshall King not in the mix as mentioned and they are battling with a couple troops but it was a bit of an unredcliffe-like second half Jermaine Izako the kid can play once again he dotted down and well done to him his resurrection of his career has been almost undertaker like but in the end the better side won and another two points banked at Mount Smart you gotta love it three more weeks till we're back there taking on the bunnies top of the table clash at the end of June I tell you what you'd be a silly man if you don't back the boys in to pull that one off against the table toppers as well up the mighty was as a fan you just can't help but be fizzing from ear to ear at that performance the rest of your games on the super saturday where the bunnies tip up the titans in a high scoring meat pie fest 76 of the best points scored in that one if you didn't hit a same game multi you just don't understand rugby league sharks they went down to the broncos at shark park the baby bronx continued to roll of course off the back of a good win against the Waz, they got some momentum got their origin boys back and they were just a step above the sharkies to be fair solid on d really got on a attack Reese Walsh and co running amok so well done to them Super Sunday Roosters streep home against the doggies with a vintage James Tedesco performance silencing the haters and showing he is still one of the best fullbacks in the world interesting to hear in post game just saying he's been wearing the weight of the team on his shoulders both at origin and roosters level he wants to get back to his instincts just playing free running rugby league footy and at any level that is when any player will play their best code so well done to you Teddy glad you addressed that horse and looking forward to seeing you bring some of that form into game two 
for the sky blue. Then we had the Cowboys taking on the Storm and for me this one was a multi-killer and a bloody interesting game to watch as well. 45 points to 20 the Cows got the dub and that is the second highest total a Wayne Bennett coach side has ever conceded under his reign. I tell you what I would have hated to have been a changing room door once that bloke got down to the boys post game. He would have been filthy and rightly so too. The Cows they appear to be hitting their straps although it was not long ago they got 60 odd put on them by the West Tigers. An interesting side to try and work out but with guys like Cotter, Tuolangi, Peter Hicku running amok, Scotty Drink, Chatty Townsend they certainly got the roster to be contenders again and shout out to Jakey Granville as well. One of the great working class battlers getting through 80 minutes at lock. What a toiler. What a buy on fantasy he was as well. A real one for the people. Just goes to show your average looking bloke can still lace up and play some world class footy. Cowboys in Townsville too good. Expect the Storm to bounce back though and no doubt they will be filthy at themselves for defending like that. And then the final game of the round and geez did this have a big talking point come from it. The Penrith Panthers get the dub at the foot of the mountain against the Dragons. Fair to say it wasn't all one way traffic. 26 points to 18. The Red V actually made them work for this one. But of course the biggest moment in the game came in the 16th minute mark when the people's chin went down with a hamstring niggle. Turns out it was pretty bad, a grade 2 partial tear. He's going to be out for 4 to 6 weeks. They're now inching towards more that 6 week mark which of course rules him out for state of O. And for me this is going to be bloody interesting on two aspects. One, to see how the Panthers respond. they got the young fella in there. So let's see if he can run the cutter. It's also going to be interesting to see how much Jerome Luai steps up we know he can play that leader role we saw it in the Samoan jersey when he led them all the way to the World Cup so the ball is in his court now for me if the Panthers can remain in that top four top six range and then welcome back Nathan that would be a huge win but interested to see how they track and then of course it opens up a huge can of worms for the mighty Blues Nath won't be there does Jerome keep the six jersey that'll be interesting Cody Walker Nico High Adam Reynolds, Mitchie Moses, Maddie Burden, there's candidates out the wazoo. So in some forms we're extremely lucky to have so many quality footballers to pick from for me and a lot of you have been asking and I even chucked up a post which really did get the debate going. At this stage I would probably say sorry Jerome mate you were there for that Penrith connection and it's not quite the same. In fact I would probably throw a real spanner in the works, wave the axe and just mix it up a bit. Not purely on form I thought Luai was bloody good in game one and I also thought Epi was really good as well but I would bring back that double hooker rotation bring Cookie in and I would start Cody Walker and Nico Hines in the six and seven and Adam Reynolds would be in my training squad perhaps even with the intention of bringing him in for me Cody Walker he's the best ball player in the comp at the moment having a career year in the six jersey and just shredding teams left right and center he can throw a beautiful nut he's got the running game he's also got the aggression and the intensity to go well at origin footy he's a real grub similar to Luai and he will back down to no one we expect trail to be back on that left edge as well so you get that south combo between Cody and Trell and I think Cody actually brings out the best in Trell as well which is what us New South Wales fans want you got to have Nico Hines in the seven for me lots of chat around Reynolds 
actually starting there. And I get it, of course. He plays regularly at Suncorp. She's a fortress. The bloke won't be intimidated by it. Leads the Broncos around there every week. And probably has the best kicking game in the comp, tied with Nath. So he could lead a side around with precision. But I think you've got to go with Nico. His ability to run the ball, fix up defenders, and just play straight, I think will be greatly appreciated. For me in game one, the Blues, we tried to go around them in the back line, let the seed fly, and it just didn't work. you got to square up defenders, make them turn in. That's Rugby League 101. Sound like the poor man's Matty Johns here, but I'll go with Nico. Certainly deserves it. Dally M winner, one of the best halves in the comp. Probably the best behind Nath. So you got to give the kid the start. But Reynolds, he'll be right up there in the mixer pushing for it. And then you got guys like Matty Bird and Mitchell Moses, which for me, they're down that next level of the ladder. And you'd only turn to them if you need to. Burden, perhaps you could run him in that 14 role. But I think you got to bring in Damian Cook. Start him and then Appy off the bench. And we go full bunnies. You could even go Cam Murray at lock if the kid is ready to lace up. But you need Isaiah yo as well so plenty of selection headaches there for Freddie and of course speaking of Freddie you just never know what this bloke is gonna do he's always known to throw a full spanner in the works been known to get high on the Penrith supply as well he's obviously a big fan of the Panthers and he loves running out their spine the young fella Jack Cogger, he's starting for them this week. Went all right last week as well. Wouldn't be surprised if Freddie says, fuck it, we'll stick with Penrith and chucks the kid in to debut. Surely not just taking the piss, but you never know with old Frederick. Let's wait and see. I think the squads are named on either Sunday or Monday. So interesting times ahead for New South Wales fans, which leads us through to this week. Of course, week 15 gets underway tonight, Thursday night footy. She is back, ladies and gentlemen. All is right in the world of rugby league. The usual scheduling resumes. Sky Sport 4, of course, 10 to 10 kickoff. Bit late on a school night. If you don't want to watch it live, you can watch it on demand tomorrow via the Sky Sport Now app. What a treat that is. Titans taking on the Tigers should be a high-scoring display. And I'll be back in the Tigers there to get the dub playing some good code at the moment freaky friday double header warriors versus raiders and manly versus the fins two big games manly versus the fins should be an interesting watch both sides without players but interesting to note tommy turbo got cleared of that hia and for me this opens up a real can of worms for the nrl and they're gonna have to be careful with how they monitor this one going forward. Of course, he got done with the old head knock, sent off, and as a result, Flegler got binned from that game as well. They've overturned it, and that sets a dangerous precedent now. Teams are always going to try and contest these. Risky for the players if they have suffered a head knock, and it also just really muddies the water around that 11-day stand down. It shows they can be flexible, and a lot of people will be saying they've just done it for Tommy T. Of course, he's one of the biggest names in the game, so watch this space could be a real shit show and then of course the main event 8pm kick off the game before that you could say she's the curtain raiser but I'd tell you to have a good hard look in the mirror because truly you don't bleed red green and blue like myself the mighty was heading to the milking stadium GIO stadium in Canberra and what is going to be a huge night of celebration over there she's sold out because the great man Jared Croker plays his 300th game they pushed it out last week's 
so he could do it at home. And hats off to the bloke as well. One club man, very rare, huge milestone, 300 at the top flight. He's been up against it too for many a battle with injury. The headgear assassin, he's a sharpshooter off the tee. So a tip of the hat to him. Well done to you, Croaks. Hope you go well and play some good footy. Not good enough to win though. Of course, our boys are coming into town looking to rip and tear and run amok. And that is exactly what I think we will do. I predict she's going to be tight. A real arm wrestle. Few changes for our boys. But I think eventually we'll get over the top of them once the emotion of this clash kind of wears off. Of course, mentioned a few changes. Rocco Berry. He got the head knock of doom last week. Maximum brain cell depletion. Never good when a guy's going down to ground and he drops the nut. Just shows he's out like a light. In comes, though, the exciting prospect, Ali Leotoa. And I tell you what, if you haven't seen this kid play footy, Jeez, is he electric. Ball in hand, he's lightning. He can beat defenders with his feet, with his speed, with his power. Defensively, he's pretty trustworthy as well. Confident kid, really does back himself. Got a good head on his shoulders though. Nephew of the great man Ali Lautidi as well. So that alone is enough to see him lace up for me. But extremely exciting. He's been impressing for New South Wales Cup. Got a massive future ahead of him. And good on Webby for chucking him in the mix too. You'll notice Braden Villiame, he is named on an extended bench. But when asked about it, Webby just said, Ali's been going great guns for the last nine or ten weeks for Cup. He's been knocking on the door, training with the top side and deserves a crack. you got to love that from our coach, showing our confidence, backing the young lad and tipping a hat rewarding form and saying, you know what, young fella, go out there, make your debut up against the man playing 300 games, write a better script. I tell you what, should be a memorable night and I wouldn't be surprised if the kid dots down as well, such as the poetry of rugby league. But that's actually the only change to our team from last weekend. Freddie Lussick does come back in on an extended bench, not sure if he will get a trot, but we roll out with Surinan, Curran, Barnett and Ale again on the Rimu ready to rip in. Dylan Walker unable to lace up with that toe niggle. I have it on good authority. He was touch and go but of course we've got the bye next week so don't risk it. Let the man come back at full capacity. Post the bye and what should be a huge game. Mentioned before I spoke to Jazz and Tamare, they mentioned they are targeting that round 19 clash against the Parramatta Eels as their return. Jazz said it's been a bit frustrating. He keeps getting the odd setback so they're not rushing him and Tamare there was talks he would be back Post the bye, not quite the case, but still tracking well. Of course, we play the Dragons on the 23rd, then the Bunnies, and then we head over to Para. He's also circled that game in his rugby league calendar to come back. Never fear, though. Lukey Met is here. A solid performance from him on the weekend. So can't wait to see him back that one up. For the Green Machine, of course, they're stacked with size in their pack, and that is where I think they will look to take us on. Big fellas, Joseph Tapane, Papa Lee, Whitehead, Horsburgh, who's playing some great code this year. Hudson Young, fresh off a New South Wales debut. And in the backs, they're no slouches either. Fogarty and Whiten, they run a good cutter. Croaks, again, 
Tip the hat to him, 300 of the best, Rapana and Chris out wide, so they got attacking weapons. But for me, this Warriors side, they've just really earned our trust. We're in a great position at the moment to be over to Canberra and play the party spoilers. And I think this game really does suit us. I expect guys like Adam, Mitchie Barnett, Tohu Harris to really be up for this one through the middle of the field. We have the pack to be able to skittle the Raiders as well. And then when it comes to playmakers, SJ's got it on a string at the moment. He'll be full of confidence and ready to rip and tear. And often, Canberra is such an unhappy hunting ground for many sides, but I think the boys will be right up for this one. Full of beans after that performance last weekend and ready to go over and really show the competition. We are, in fact, a finals footy side. We're here to play. And what a statement this would be on such a huge occasion to come away with the two points. So get up the lads. Of course, we'll be tuning in get around at sky sport for 8 p.m kickoff a real bums on seats fixture blues are playing the tars at the same time so maybe your dual screen or maybe you just say fuck it and go all out was but get up the lads two points here before heading into the bye she's another four point game so let's get the job done that'll really have us sitting pretty right on the doors on the heels of the top four we're actually only one win out of it already so massive for our season here a very important little two-week stretch. We get the dub week off next week. Come back, pump the dragons. How good would that be? Then on your Super Saturday, triple header. Dragons taking on the Bunnies. Broncos taking on the Knights. And Roosters taking on the Panthers. A couple big, thick rugby league household names out in that game. Of course, we've already spoken about the people's chin. Nathan Cleary not being there for the lads from Penrith. Joseph Suali'i out for three weeks for the Chooks as well. So they are up against it. Named a bit of a battler backline outside of your stars and Manu, Kerry and Tedesco, some real names that probably your rugby league purists only know, but I think they'll be up for this and they'll be targeting this one without Nathan there, couple bodies down for the Panthers, so that should be a good watch, Roosters squeaky last week, but they got the dub though, so maybe a bit of confidence from that, Super Sunday just your one game, real Sunday roast stuff, 6.05pm kickoff again, ring up your olds, tell them sorry parents, I can't make it to family dinner this week Keep the roast pork in the freezer because we're being treated to an A-class clash. Storm versus the Sharks. Munster up against Hines. An early state of origin preview. And you think if Nico runs a muck in this one, that all but guarantees him the seven jersey. Should be a good watch. And then Monday night footy, you gotta love that. 6pm kickoff. If you work in the city, tell the boss you're gonna need to knock off at four. So you're at home on the comfort of your couch with a cold one in hand, ready to rip in. Or maybe you just head down to the pub, watch it with your colleagues or the lads. Should be a good game. Doggies versus Eels. Two sides sitting down lower on the ladder than many had predicted, but both starting to play some good code. The Eels coming in off the back of the bye and plenty of scandal as well of course Dylan Brown he's been done for sexual touching I don't like to talk about this stuff too much because of course I am pro players I only like to focus on the good of the game it is interesting though the NRL they've stood him down gone against that no fault clause that they often harp on about so watch this space and certainly not a good thing from old dillbags so let's see how this plays out and the evidence that gets presented in court over the next couple days certainly don't condone that though 
and he will sit out this week and miss a big game. So maybe the Doggies fancy themselves with a sniff there, a big performance, and that will see them get the win. So another huge weekend in the world of rugby league. Strap yourself in, all games live or on demand on Sky Sport now app. There truly is no better game in the world of sport at the moment. She's top shelf entertainment, so sink your teeth in. And of course, once again, up the waz. Let's go and pump the Raiders. Marty Banks, the great man, jumping on to talk some Landers and Super Rugby. But I guess before we get into that, bro, a bit of a general question. How's things, mate? I know you're on the rehab grind at the moment, but how's Dunners? Dunners, no crap. There's uh, not a cloud in the sky today. Hell of a day. Um, if I didn't have rehab, I probably would have been playing golf. So we meant to have a meeting this morning, but it uh, got cancelled. Uh, so my whole morning got thrown out of whack. So back end of the day, can get out for a bash, but... Um, it's not bad sitting out looking out, out the window here at the moment, mate. Not the worst. And you've been on the sticks a bit lately. Hey, how, how is the golf game coming along? I saw you down in Queenstown living the life. Yeah, I actually played my first game after surgery uh, on the weekend and it was horrible. I played with Nuggy and a couple of other local lads. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, I don't know if I could swear, but it was pretty shit. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, you know, scratchy at best. Um, barely got off the tee for the first five holes, I reckon. So um, have to have to get back out. Hopefully tomorrow for another hit. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. But pre-surgery, it was awesome. Got down and played the hills. Um, that taught us to lesson too. So um, pre and post-surgery have been great. Um, yeah. So I guess it can only get better, mate. Are there any uh, sharp shooters in the landers? I know old shooter. He was saying Anton goes good. I, I see Geordie Barrett all over Instagram, just making it look like an incredibly easy game. But what do the landers lads go like? Um, Clark Dermody and oh, there's probably three: Clark Dermody, um, Sean Withy, and Aaron Smith are probably the probably the better golfers of the lot. I think Clark's off maybe four or five. I think Nuggie's off five or six. Um, my handicap is not accurate. It says I'm off a, I think I'm off a six or a seven, but it's Ooh. probably more of a 12. But yeah. it's just the handicap system skewed to playing consistent golf. And I have one good round out of about five and the handicap will go down. I have four shitters and it won't go up. So you know, it is what it is though. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, bloody, it's not too bad down here. When you get a decent day, it's uh, pretty good up at St. Clair, but the old wind picks up and it cuts through, especially skinny boys like us, mate, bloody. <laughs> can't be having a little doubt and that sort of carry on. You mentioned surgery, bro. For those that don't know, what did you do to yourself this season and, and what are you working back from? Yeah, it actually happened uh, stag season last year. I probably didn't I probably didn't give it too much credit at the time. I sort of tweaked my groin uh, when we played Tasman round one. And I sort of just felt like a little bit of a niggle. I was like, oh, all good. And kept playing on it and then played on it round two. And by the end of round three, I could barely walk. Um, my adductors, had, I'd torn a heap of stuff off of the bone in my left and right adductor. Um, so, yeah, I pretty much played, um, I think I played eight games. And I was, yeah, I no shit. I could barely get out of bed most mornings. And um, the coaches were into me thinking I was talking shit. But, oh, mate, I was in all sorts. So, ended up getting to uh, the Landers and started rehabbing it from November through to last month. Um, it just didn't come right, so we we had to go and they do this adductor release. So I think they cut me just up the inside of my groin on both sides, and the doctor swings off me adductor with like a metal rod and stretches it. So now hopefully oh. the stuff that I've torn off um, can hopefully um, possibly reattach. All going well is the plan, but um, yeah, we're still 
early days of the rehab. So hopefully in about a month or so, I have a better, better idea on that. That sounds painful. I've always said us first fives, we have the highest pain threshold. You know, the big boys don't give us credit, but I think you've proven <laughs> it there, bro. The The season probably didn't go as planned for the Highlanders and no doubt you probably expected to be playing some footy this week. From a player's point of view and I guess from inside the camp, what were your feelings on on how the year kind of unfolded? Yeah, I guess it was similar to last year. It was uh, sort of up and down and probably started down, to be fair, the first few rounds we got handed to by a couple of New Zealand teams. And, um, yeah, we sort of showed glimpses at times. I think Nuggies game versus the Reds um, probably wasn't perfect footy, but it showed what we're capable of. And then, obviously, probably no one gave us too much of a chance to get anywhere near the Blues on the weekend and uh, to keep the Blues team to 16. And I think, well, we're six, I think, off the top of my head. So, you know, it was there or thereabouts against the Blues. So I wouldn't say we were in striking distance of them. They sort of managed to keep us at bay for most parts of that game. But, um, you know, if we had to play anywhere close to that, you know, we probably would have taken care of a few other results through the season and would have been in the eight happily. But um, oh, he's got to take it on the chin. Eh? It's, uh, I think it's been a, maybe 10 years or something, maybe eight years or something since we uh, last missed the playoffs. So that, that hurts a bit. And uh, I know a lot of the group will be feeling it. Some of the young boys probably don't appreciate missing the eight because they're, they're so new to it. But you know, I guess once you're sort of, been there for so long now it's uh, a bit of a hard pillow to take but I guess it's, it's cool though you know the drawer um, they get their opportunity um, obviously got the Crusaders which will be tough uh, the poor buggers but they'll play some good footy so hopefully they can go in there and from eight spot and cause some absolute carnage oh they might be in seventh actually are they they're in seventh yeah yeah they've gone into seventh so sorry I should have given a bit more credit but the seventh and eight spots hopefully they can uh, maybe tip up one and two eh for sure. And after that result against the Blues, there were a few equations where you guys could still get yourself in the mixer. Was kind of the whole team parked up on the couch watching those games, the group chats going off? Or I guess yeah, well, did you kind of know the writing was on the wall? What, how did it all play out for you boys? Yeah, so I was, I was playing golf with Nuggy um, just as that Drew game started. We were just finishing up. And yeah. I think it was Drew had scored a try, the Red scored one, the Drew scored one. It just seemed like it was just going to go back and forth the whole game. So we are expecting to be parked up for 80 minutes, sort of just on the edge of our seats, trying to work out whether we were training on Monday or not. And um, But then the Druid just decided to blow the Reds off the park. So, yeah, we always sort of knew that game was going to be 50-50, but we genuinely thought it was going to go down to the wire. But the draw at home were just a you know different kettle of fish. And I could be wrong, but I think the Reds, they played us in Dunners, and I'm pretty sure they flew back to Brisbane and then to Fiji. So probably added a few flights onto their trip that probably wasn't needed. but. Um, I could be wrong about their schedule. I'm obviously not in the team, but um, maybe that played a factor. I don't know. But going over there and playing Fiji and Fiji, we did it last year for their first home game, and it was absolute chaos. They like the, yeah. the fans and that, and I think obviously the crowd wasn't as big. I think they had some average weather, but um, just they're so passionate. Eh? So you know, it's pretty cool to see the draw get their crack, and um, unfortunately they won't get a home game um, unless some miracles happen. But um, their fans will love it, mate. So good on the Fiji team and um, you know they knocked the Reds off convincingly so they probably deserve to be there. Yeah, for sure. I think they're everyone's second favourite team. Uh, for me, guys like Hugh Renton, Sammy Gilbert, they really stood up this year and I think alongside your All Blacks, they were probably the guys that impressed me most. In terms of internally, was there anyone that really stood out for you that maybe had a bigger season than you expected? No, I, I actually should apologise to Gilby. Um, <laughs> I'll probably cause him to miss his kick on the weekend. I, I <laughs> sort of got, got in his ear um, in our pre-gym session one day and reminded him 
Uh, that is a couple short of my goal kicking streak. Um, <laughs> didn't do it to make him miss, but I just sort of talking to him around what is he on, and I was just trying to do the mess. And he's still a couple short, and um, he he said he on after we were having a few beers the other day, he was like, "Oh, when I missed that kick, the first thing I thought about was you, you prick." So <laughs> sorry, Sammy Gilbert. Hey, um, to be fair, bloody Hayden Parker, I think I I kicked whatever it was straight, and then. Hayden Parker went and beat me by about 10 and then he missed one and then kicked another 30-odd straight. So Hayden Parker's, uh, he had the last laugh. But um, Gilby will get me next year, I'm sure, because, mate, he was awesome. Like, the way, just so versatile way, like he, you know, didn't really play one position the whole year. He's sort of thrown around different positions and um, come up plump pretty much every time. So, yeah, I'm real impressed with Gilby. And Hugh Renton, like you say, like that probably, Hugh's probably the one that, I guess, um, made the biggest impression, I guess. Obviously, Marino was normally starting and um, Rena got injured and Huey got his crack and Buddy grabbed it with both hands. He just rolled up his sleeves and ripped in and went about it, I guess, the white battle away, just straight up the guts. And um, that, That's into a T, though. Eh? He's just, at training, he's just either 0% or 100%. Um, normally 120, probably, to be fair, um, even when it's a sort of a low-key session. But, yeah, I think it was awesome for Huey. That'll uh, do him the world of good. And obviously, Marino, he's heading off um, overseas. So, um, you know, Huey's probably done himself a world of good, um, having a decent season now. So hopefully he'll lock that eight position down and rip in next year as well. Yeah, for sure. A name, I was interested to see how he went this year. And being a first five yourself, Freddie Burns came down from the Northern Hemisphere with a pretty big CV. Impressive. How did he fit in both on and off the field? What did you make of his year? No, you're pretty easy top man, eh? He's a uh, different sort of way of going about things. But, um, you know, you listen to his accent up the back and, yeah, just uh, I always always had a bit of a laugh with the lads. And um, <laughs> But you can sort of see the way he, once he warmed into a couple of his games and uh, the back end of the season where he started playing 10, um, you can sort of just see, you know, what it's, um, drives his game, I guess, just that control of a game and um, his kicking sort of accuracy and, um, just as will to win, like he's just an angry, aggressive bugger, like um, so passionate, probably wears his heart on the sleeve, probably like a lot of us white battlers, we're just sort of in there trying to do our best. And um, yeah, no, he's in, in off the field, um, we got to see him a bit of him, oh, India do, and um, he actually won a backpack, we did a team raffle, got some Highlanders stuff and some Adidas stuff and all sorts of crap, and I think he, he was about 150 tickets, I think there was, and the first four or five that got drawn out, I think Freddie got about four of them. Um, <laughs> literally, I think five, and he won the first four. So he was doing his filling his back back up, and uh, like he just strapped his back on, bag on tight as. So he had this little radius bag on, strapped up, and all he was doing is like, I'm taking it back to the old man back in England. And that's fair enough. So the rest of the night, all we were trying to do is rip this bag off to try <laughs> yeah. and get under his skin, and he was adamant that it wasn't coming off. And to be to his credit, it didn't. And then, uh, we got sent a photo from his missus um, the next morning. He'd uh, his shirtless, but he'd fallen asleep face down with his backpack still on his back. He <laughs> just uh, literally took it to the extreme and, yeah, it wasn't coming off his back. So probably sums him up, really. He got a bit of a bee under his bonnet when we tried touching it and he, he'd fire up. So, no, nah, it's good stuff. It's always good to have someone like that come into your team. And, um, yeah, he's obviously buggering off now to, to Japan and, um, not too sure where he's off to after that. Probably, um, yeah, wouldn't have a clue to be fair. Probably retirement, I guess. But, um, but yeah, no, top quality man and can't fault him. Um, come over here and helped us where we needed and um, got along with the boys. So, bloody happy days.
Yeah, he sounds like a roost. And speaking of roost that are buggering off to Japan, Aaron Smith, of course, the great man, probably one of the greatest Highlanders ever in terms of kind of his impact on the team, both on and off the field. Just how much will he be missed, bro? Because there's been so much about him over the past month. And I guess the media, they can often get carried away. But I think on this occasion, they've probably got it right. And his impact and his loss will be as big as they've been saying it will be. Yeah, it's uh, it is. He's pretty much the heart and soul. Eh? Like when Bender left, there was probably you know Bender was a massive, massive loss, and obviously he was at the time. Him and Nucky were probably the heart and soul, I guess. And then you sort of lose one, and then Nucky has to take over probably both roles. And um, you know, Spim to turn up every week, prepare the way he did. Like his preparation through the week, I oh, played alongside TJ as well, and TJ is similar as well. Just the way they compete at everything, the way they go about just little little details through their week, the way they prepare for a gym session, the way they're just there first every morning, um, you know, and, and Nuggie's that, like, Nuggie's, like, win, lose, or draw, he'd always turn up with um, the team first, and um, his mindset, his approach to everything was always just the team, and um, you could just see how much he cared about the Landers, uh, whether, it were, like, obviously it was a pretty rough season, like, he'd turn up on a Monday, and all he wanted to do was the group to get better and find his way to make the group better and um, obviously he takes a lot on his shoulders being nuggy and um, yeah it's just it's going to be sad to see him not in a, a Hollanders jersey well never say never who knows he might come back and how many, how many is he short of 200 I, I don't actually know but um, the mad bugger will probably come back and try and do it but yeah like he's just yeah the fans love him um, yeah that, that whole week was I can only imagine how draining it was for him he had interviews everywhere getting pulled left, right and centre to do this, this and this and then he turns up and you know plays a pretty awesome game and um, he's pretty stoked when Folau, like that's the thing, you know, like Nuggie celebrates other people's wins and yeah. um, when he's seen Lauboy get that try, like probably meant more to him than, you know, anything about that whole week, like seeing Folau score that try and, and win the game. So it just sums him up, like he's uh, he's a competitive bugger and um, you probably get sick of him talking a lot of the times uh well, yelling on the field and all the rest of it, but at the end of the day, like that's what makes Nuggie Nuggie. He's just hundred percent into it. Like you would just fight to the death, as you've seen against who was it, the Rebels, I think, just yeah. nipping at some fella's heels or whatever, and getting into a bit of a dust up on the on the ground with a lock or something. Like just just an athlete and just a guy that you know you just want to go to war with, and uh, you know he deserves everything he gets. And for him to go to Japan, um, hopefully after a World Cup win as well, well you know we can do is tip your hat to a fellow like that. Spend a fair bit of time with them both on and off the field. Do you kind of have like a highlight Aaron Smith yarn or, or story, something that's... No, no, yeah, no. like I said it on Sky Sport the other week. Um, so when I played for the Hurricanes, I was, uh, wasn't down to start. I was meant to come off the bench and James Marshall was meant to start against the, the Highlanders down in, at the Forsyth Bar. And um, obviously I was pretty raw, didn't really know what I was in for. Um, probably didn't expect as many high bombs as high kicks to come onto me as as it did. Um, and then yeah, I met Nuggy. Um, and then bloody, I had a hell of a game. I actually probably the worst game of my career, I think. And it was all I down think to we've spoken make, about this one before. <laughs> yeah, it's no shit. That's I came back. I came into the Highlanders team, and it was maybe the first preseason. It was the first preseason. Like they put up all these clips and pretty much just ripped me to bits and took the, <laughs> oh, it was all in good nature, but yeah. it was actually Stormy McLeod. I think that um, put it up and 
Nagi was chipping away and um, he's pretty much chipped away at me for however many years now. 2015 to Mary, he's given me shit about that one game. So he's actually still giving me shit about it uh, two weeks ago. Him and Ben Smith um, were into me. So, and Bender told me it was just a plan. They had no intention to catch the ball. They were just coming to knock me off the ball. So, and they did it pretty easy. I was about 55 kg, I think. So, yeah, so that's probably my earliest memory of Nug. But, um, yeah, and then I guess I never really knew Nug um, before that, to be fair. But, um, yeah, just in the team, he's just always been that guy that he'll just pop up randomly, want to go for a coffee or something, and then you won't hear from him for a, for a couple of weeks, and then he'll pop back up wanting a game of golf. Just, I guess, once he started having his young family and that he became pretty busy, he just yeah. tries to get away from footy. But, but he's just a genuine bloke and... Um, yeah, I guess he's just a he's just a mate that's always got your back, I guess. And I think that's that's what uh, is such a good quality about him, you know, like you always go to bat for you, whether you're right or wrong. And um yeah, it'd be it'd be a sad sight to see him playing for a different coloured team other than the All Blacks and the Highlanders. But ah, yeah, good on him, mate. He's uh, he deserves to go fill his pockets up even more. Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, we've got the four quarterfinals to rip into this weekend. Four New Zealand sides involved in each one as well. So the first one, the Friday night game, Blues versus the Waratahs. Of course, you played the Blues last week, so you got a good close look at them. And finished the season with ten wins from the fourteen games and a record that looks really impressive on paper. But as a Blues fan, I feel like they kind of haven't performed to that level that we've become used to over the last couple seasons. Do you feel like they're kind of hitting their straps now. They've got Bodie back, Dalton's back. They're coming right at the right time of the season. What have you made of the Blues this year? Yeah, I've actually I've actually seen their team. Have they named Bodie, have they? Yeah, Bodie's in at 10, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, um, he's just massive, eh? Like, this time of year, he just loves it. Um, <laughs> this time of year, he's sort of the guy you don't want to be playing against. He just seems to um, go to a whole new level. Like, we played him in the quarterfinal last year and, Everyone have been bagging him. Everyone seems to give Bodie shit about not being up to whatever him and Rich and all the rest of it. But like that day, Bodie just um, you know pulled the strings and I, I yeah, like I've always been in Bodie's corner and I can't argue that Richie's gone bloody well and now D Mac. Um, yeah. Over the last few years, I've always been in Bodie's corner and I'll probably stay there too. Just genuine good bloke. Um, as much as I hate to admit it, but yeah, like, I, yeah, I I think the Blues will progress through the, the Waratahs game. Um, personally, I think it'll be a Crusaders-Chiefs final. Um, so I don't know how the uh, semi-finals match up there. Will it be... Yeah, nah, that, that'll, that, that's possible. That's possible. Will that be Blues? Well, will that be Blues-Chiefs and Crusaders? I think it'll be Crusaders Brum, and Brum. the winner of that Brumbies game and then Blues-Crusaders. Yeah. Blues so, yeah, I just I just think the, yeah, the Blues will go through this week, but um, I just think uh, next week they'll meet that Chiefs team and um, mate, the, those Chiefs are just locked in at the moment, eh? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's sort of the way I see it going. I don't know what the points margin will be versus the Waratahs. The Waratahs have sort of been up and down too, to be fair. But um, yeah, I see a Blues win um, pretty comfortably in the end. I reckon. Mark Talia, like, I don't know if you were at Tasman when he was there, but maybe you have some inside oil on the kid. He looks so slippery. What's the go? Surrounded by, like, five, six defenders straight through. Crazy, eh? Like, he's... Oh, I only got to experience a little bit last year when we played the odd, odd game. And, mate, he is a freak. Like, just seeing some of the stuff he's doing. I think there was a pickup maybe two weeks ago. I think he's just full speed, just over the top of the ball, like... 
stuff us like <laughs> probably not you mate because you probably got that in your skill set oh definitely not definitely like, not. stuff like that i dream of you know like it's uh just a freak and you just got to sit back and appreciate freakish talents like that eh? like you can do all you like it same with jim the brass from the drawer like you can prepare all you want to try and stop this guy but he's gonna have a couple of moments of brilliance where you're just gonna sit back and be like oh well done mate like there's just yeah it's just freakish and He's just got work rate. He's probably got all you want in a winger, eh? Like, he's just, you know, strong, like, high balls, probably unreal. And then just his work rate and just just his timing and everything around the balls, just epic. Like, I think the boys, uh, the Blues scored a try against us that was disallowed. But just just being there and um, and around the ball and just his presence probably um, takes a bit of heat off other guys too, you know? So, yeah, the Blues have got some bloody X factor, eh? But, um so that's why I see them winning the, the Waratahs game. But I just that Chiefs Blues court, uh, Chiefs Blues semi, if that's the way it goes, will be a humdinger. And I'm happy to be proved, proved wrong, but um, we'll see see how the chips fall. Speaking of the Chiefs, for me, best side all season. And I think that's pretty clear on the ladder. And I think a lot of that comes down to their depth across multiple positions. Do you think that's been key for them? Kind of any time they have someone on All Black Rest Week, they've been able to roll in another All Black or top super rugby level player. And that's just seen them rack up all these wins. Yeah, well, I, I didn't actually watch the game last week over against the Force. Um, we already we already knew our fate by then. I think I was probably on the Bears. Yeah, fair. Um, but, you know, they put Poi Hippie in. Um, at ten there, um, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. Oh, he might be a ten, um, but you know he goes in there and fits in. I've seen some highlights, and he's chucking across crossfield kicks and all sorts yeah. of carry on. So it probably sums up. And I think you got to give credit to the coaches. They eh? like the depth they're building. It's going to be there for you know five, six years, probably even longer, because it's probably just going to naturally keep going. You know, like that team is young. They're there for a long time, and um, you know it could be. You know, shaping up to be something like the Crusaders had the last few years, where it just, just that machine just starts keep ticking over, ticking over, and you know the Chiefs last year they, I guess the Crusaders, um, I think it was the Crusaders that sort of took them up a little bit there, but um, they sort of on the edge there last couple of years of um, probably going all the way, but haven't quite nailed it. But um, they're just so consistent. Um, obviously, lost to the Reds um, during the season, but I can't see that happening again. Uh, they'll go out there and. Um, you know, get a good shooter, a bit of credit, as much as I hate to do that. Um, <laughs> it's already big enough. And, yeah. Uh, you know, like just to see that guy the last couple of years, uh, whether it was through Harbour or now with the Chiefs, like he's uh, he's going awesome. Everyone's already talking about him. But then the outside backs, man, there's, you know, Amoni. And then you've got, um, out, who else have you got there? We've got... Um, Itini Nano Satoro, yeah, no, he goes good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Satoro. And then... You know, just yeah, midfield like it's just there's depth on depth. It's just madness, really. And um, they've done well. Obviously, DMAC, the little general, or whether it's Bryn or whether it's Josh. You know, they've got three quality tens, and yeah, it's just. And then their halfbacks, you know, one two punch off the bench. So yeah, yeah they they'll be untouchable against the Reds. I'd say they'll uh, go out there and make a statement on shooter. And hopefully, he's not listening to this. But would do you think he'd be in your All Black system at this stage? <laughs> It's a tough one, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's to be honest, it's probably oh, everyone's saying it. It's out of him and narrow, eh? And uh, yeah. yeah, it's going to be a tough one, I guess, for shooter. It's uh, being a fullback and having so much depth at fullback with Bodie, D Mac, 
Geordie, you know, like whether that comes to hamstring him a little bit, but mate, if he gets his crack, he's obviously showed during, uh, during the New Zealand 15 last year that he's uh, ready to make the step up, so um, I hope he does, but no, you can't take them all and there's that much talent um, in the outside backs at the moment. It's uh, There's going to be some pretty unlucky boys across the country to miss out. For sure. The next game, Crusaders versus Draw, and we've already said it's great to see Draw in the playoffs, but unfortunately I think this is where their road comes to the end. Just the trip to Christchurch to take on a team that appears to be hitting their straps now, do you think this is just a mountain too far for them to climb? Yeah, yeah they're, they're probably one team that could stir the kit, you know, stir the pot a little bit. Like a, yeah. or a team that once they get a bit of confidence and a bit of go under their bonnet, they're just that type of team that can ruffle feathers. So I guess it depends what, what Fiji and Draw team turns up. You know, you can get the team that um, comes and gets gas in the first sort of 20 minutes and um, teams run over top of them, or you get the team that comes here and fronts up and um, can inflict some damage. So, oh, yeah. Much as I love to see the Fiji team beat the Crusaders, I, I can't see it happen, mate. It's uh, especially in Christchurch. Um, yeah, it'll be uh, probably less to find Nuku, probably maybe a hat trick or something crazy. Obviously, James Marshall just, I think I've seen someone pop up. Has he been reappointed? I think maybe as a coach yeah. or something like that. Oh, maybe oh. I was trying to push him for the head coaching gig, you know, Razor's moved yeah. on, but he wasn't too I'm keen just, on it, eh? Oh, mate, I, like, yeah, to be fair, he's. Uh, He's probably not ready for that. Our uh, responsibilities uh, got his podcast and all the rest of his. Yeah. Um, he starts being a head coach, you probably can't uh, make the millions he's making off his podcast. So, yeah. but like you, silly mate, I don't know how you're managing to hold down all these jobs before the, no. the action on the podcast. So no, he's, he's got that Spate Summit sponsorship now, mate. So he's he's living pretty in that castle down there. One bloke I did want to highlight. John Arfoa, 39. I don't know about you, but him coming back to play Super Rugby, that's really given me hope that I'll still be playing club <laughs> footy at, you know, 45, 46 years old because that's almost the Super Rugby equivalent. But how good is it to see him back, one of the greats of the game? Yeah, well, it gives me a bit of hope. I've still got another five or six years up my sleeve. So, Easy. Mate, that's, it's unreal. And oh, I'm not too sure if they confirm whether they're going to uh, get the comp- dispensation. I think I read somewhere that he's, at the moment, not eligible to play play oh, footy but I'm not too bad. sure but I think they were going to try and possibly run a uh, dispensation through it mate or I can give it to him bloody get in there have a go son but nah mate it's uh, yeah it's pretty cool to see eh? like, I guess yeah, watch these guys growing up um, I didn't really idolise them I guess being a skinny number 10 and, yeah. and being a big old front rower but uh, you know it's just awesome it's awesome New Zealand rugby to see someone like that come back obviously mm-hmm. he's been playing this trade over him at Bristol, I think, eh? Is it Bristol? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I guess any team like the Crusaders, if they want to pull you back, you must be doing something right. So, good on him. Bloody, I hope he, hope he's back out there this weekend. But obviously, I'm not the coach. We have to give Jimmy Mara a call. Yeah, give him a buzz. Surely, surely. And then the final uh, quarterfinal is probably the most interesting one on paper. Brumbies versus the Canes. Brumbies have been incredibly strong all year at home, have a strong forward pack. And then the Canes, led by Artie and Geordie and co, they certainly can beat these top sides. They showed it on the weekend against the Crusaders. Do you think that's a massive confidence booster for them to get that win at home before heading over to Canberra? Yeah, well, I guess um, everyone was sort of saying the Hurricanes haven't got the ability to knock over you know, those top teams that um, and for them to go on what a pretty big statement, obviously being down, what was it? I think Corey Jane said 11 points at halftime, wasn't it? Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you get 11 points back or something? So, um, yeah, like for them to come back, normally when a Crusaders team's up, 
couple of tries uh, again in the second half. It's normally Curtin. So, you know, um, just a massive effort, even though, even though it was at home um, against the, the Crusaders there. But um, going over to the Brumbies, it's just a tough place to travel to. Eh? Like we've done it a couple of times for the Hollanders. It's a sh- I see, keep wanting to say shit, and I hope that's right for the viewers, but it's a horrible trip. Like from Dunedin, it's like 18 hours. I don't know what it is from Hurricanes, probably a couple less, maybe five or something. But yeah. And to be fair, Canberra, um, there's not much there, mate. It's like not the most exciting place to go to. Yeah. So, um, in no offense to any Canberradians out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, it is such a tough trip. But the Hurricanes, just the way they went about their work last week, especially in that second half. Um, you just got to obviously avoid the Brumbies Mall. I guess that's there. It's pretty clear and obvious what they're trying to achieve. They're just trying to get penalties inside the 22 and put you into that five meter and just ask if you're good enough to stop them. And um, and like you say, you got the guys in the Hurricanes that can stop that that machine. So yeah, I, I see the Hurricanes winning that too. I see it being uh, four Kiwi teams. Um, don't like being biased, but I just think there's a big difference between the Kiwi teams and, and the Aussie teams probably excluding us to be fair because everyone will probably give me shit about that too so um, I see the four Kiwi teams going through um, that Brumbies game will be closer um, but yeah I see the Hurricanes winning it by a try too and then from there on out into the final predictions you've already kind of said it but you're seeing a Chiefs versus Crusaders final in Hamilton who wins that? Yeah I'd have to go the Chiefs I I see the Chiefs winning the comp um and that's from a deep south lad. So, uh, but you never know, buddy. I'll probably turn up next week, and it'll be um, a Hurricanes uh, Waratahs final or something crazy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Classic. And we were speaking off air, but you're a keen Warriors fan, mate. So obviously, you've been watching very attentively to how the lads have been tracking. You're actually coming up for a game. But what have you made of the Warriors' form so far? It must bring you joy sitting back and watching the lads play some good code. Yeah, I was. I was talking to Jackson uh, via message and I think like it goes my love for the Warriors goes back a long long way I think I remember watching uh, the final when I was in Russia in 2011 uh, 2000, 2011 sorry um, had to get up the old bloody internet stream there probably illegal yeah. as shit but um, you know I was parked up there with some vodka chipping away in Siberia so and it goes <laughs> even deeper than that I'd go back to bloody cutting um, toilet toilet roll tubes up to turn them into kicking tees and I was Stacey Jones and I was oh. all sorts uh, mate it's uh, so good to see you and you know turn up every weekend sit on the couch parked up just years and years gone by it's always just hope for the best but genuinely it's just good to see the boys just uh, I guess it's been talked about so much you just there's like that backbone there now and like the boys are just you know when it gets hard the boys just decide that they want to be there and um, in the past obviously it's Hasn't been that way for the last few years, but you know it's just awesome to see, and I guess that brings the crowds into it. I think it was like twenty three or twenty four thousand at the game on the weekend, and that's yeah. that's unheard of in like New Zealand sport. Eh? For like a mid season game, like to have a crowd like that, that's yeah, unfathomable. Um, I can't even say that word because I got a cob. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah unthinkable. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm not an intellect, mate. I'm bloody struggling for <laughs> half the time, but yeah, and to go up, I get to go up and watch the bloody. Warriors play the Rabbitohs on the 30th. And, uh, mate, I'm so excited. If you talk to the missus, I've been looking forward to this for so long. Like, I've been to watch a couple of games in Christchurch, but to get up there and watch it at the Fortress, like, I'm I'm absolutely fizzing. And, uh, yeah, I'll probably put the mockers on them and bloody probably ruin ruin their game. But, mate, it's uh, going to be a hell of an experience and one I'm really looking forward to. 
Oh, the, the Mount Smart debut. There's nothing better, bro. Well, really appreciate your time anyway. Good luck with the golf and uh, up the waz. And I'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks' time. Sounds like you're going to be on the Warriors podcast potentially. So look forward to that, Jan, bro. Have a good one. Yeah, I'll bring me sticks up, mate. And uh, we'll get out, what was that, the North Shore there somewhere for a... Go oh. donate a few Pro V1s. Why not, mate? I'm good for that for sure. I think you'll definitely have me off the sticks, 100%. Hey, no, cheers for having me, Surly, mate. It's been a long time, mate. It's... Uh, bloody COVID a couple of years ago I was bloody on here so you obviously got a nice little bit of signage out the back of your head there it's bloody yeah. good mate yeah cheers mate really appreciate it go well weekly wrap time now and let's kick her off and let me get something off my chest straight away Kai Carter France absolute robbery boy did that piss me off on my Sunday I tell you what the stage was set for one of the great days of course Monday she was the king's holiday RTS's birthday so everyone got the day off a great touch there and a nod to one of the game's greats but I parked up at the cab headed along thought I'd get a couple cold ones and a burger into me bears biffs and burgers on your Sunday Arvo name a better scene but unfortunately what I witnessed was one of the great robberies and absolute shambles from a couple of UFC judges who to be fair have a prior track record a bit of history around robberies as well they've done it before in many fights and surely Dana White and co they gotta run this one through with a fine tooth comb and decide whether these two blokes should be able to officiate again when it comes to the game's biggest stage but unfortunately Kai I thought he won the fight dominated and at least had it scored three rounds to two and look I'm no expert but when you see guys like Israel Adesanya and some big names of the sport come out and say that Kai clearly won that you gotta have yourself scratching your head and wondering if there was a bit more at play here of course Al Bazi is from Iraq and they were talking now about a title fight in Saudi Arabia so clearly he would put bums on seats there we all know the UFC they love their coin is there a bit of match fixing I will leave that up to you just allegations of course allegedly don't sue me please Dana can't afford a lawsuit but anyway back to the fight and I'll read you out a couple stats which really did have me mesmerized total strikes Kai Carter France he almost doubled him which was huge for their significant strikes Kai landed 38 more of those as well takedowns two from two for Kai one from nine for Albazi with many people saying that's where he won the fight actually Kai he 100% record defended most of them and apart from that third round bonanza Albazi didn't really strike any damage on the kid control time that is where Albazi certainly won it six minutes 10 a control time compared to 58 seconds but I always argue it's about what you do with that control time and again third round Albazi almost made Kai tap and the fact the bloke turned blue but refused to throw on the white towel again a huge nod to Kai's mental strength and his just as will to win he's got a bit of warriors about him there good to see the lads have really rubbed off on him but apart from that Albazi didn't do much at all with that six minutes Kai always looked comfortable and in control of the situation so it was bloody disappointing to see unfortunately his hand didn't get raised 
person. It looked like even referee Herb Dean. He was surprised when he had to raise Albazi's hand. And even Albazi looked surprised as well. So bloody disappointing stuff. And this loss has huge ramifications. Of course, the winner of this is now the favourites to step in for a title fight. Kai also loses that win bonus of 100 grand. So it really does hurt the wallet as well. Fingers crossed he can bounce back. He'll probably have to fight some lower ranked opponents now to get himself back up the charts. But I can't see him having any problems with them. He looked bloody good again in this fight. Jeez, can he throw him. And he's tough as shit. His takedown defense. I mentioned last week, 87%, the best in that flyweight division. And he again had it on display. But tough times for Kai. You just got to wonder. Ref is everywhere now, whether it's the NRL, the UFC. If you're involved with the WAS, you're not going to get the rub of the green. Again, I back him to bounce back though. And tough times for the great man. Just a disappointing way to round out your Sunday, one of the great weekends, a real UFC robbery, and shit, is it tough to swallow, but of course the show must roll on, UFC 289 going down this weekend, she is a pay-per-view biff, so make sure you sign up, of course you can book it via the Sky Sport Now app, and get yourself in the mixer, the main two fights, they're scheduled to kick off Sunday Avo around 3.30 I believe, with Charles Oliveira taking on Benil Darush, that'll be a good biff, hopefully old Charles can get himself back in the winner's circle, of course the former lightweight champ, he'll be looking for a big win, to get himself right up next in line to fight for the strap again. He said he wants it back as well. So that'll be an entertaining watch. And speaking of straps, Amanda Nunes taking on Irene Aldana. Two strong, powerful women that are no doubt going to leave it all in the octagon. This will be highlight reels galore. I would not want to fight Nunes. She is one scary character. A 22-5 and five record. Irene with 14-6. and six. Two of the best in that woman's bantamweight division and going at it so strap yourself in that'll be a bloody good watch as always the UFC dishing up entertaining cards for your Sunday Arvo again those main two kicking off from around 3.30 with Nunes set to walk in about 4pm Bloody good Arvo, so really looking forward to that. On to your NBA Finals, and of course Game 3 going down today. I'm a little surprised she's won all. The Miami Heat, they continue to do the unthinkable, steal a win on the road at the Ball Arena in Denver and hand them their first home playoff loss this season. They were 9-0 there. They are now 9-1, courtesy of Jimmy Buckets and Co. And it was a massive fourth quarter from the Miami Heat that really did set them up. They went on a nice little stretch, hitting nine of their 10 shots to kick things off. And in total, they missed only five shots in that whole quarter. That is elite shooting. It was a coaching masterclass from Eric Spolster as well in this game. He started Kevin Love, gave old Martin a bit of a rest, brought him in off the bench. Unfortunately, his hot streak hasn't quite continued and he's returned to regular programming. But in K-Love, they get some real size and shooting and a real veteran presence as well, which allowed them to negate the impact of Aaron Gordon at the rim, who had been having a great couple weeks and also allowed them to go zone on D, which Denver really struggled with. Bam, 
Jimmy, Gabe, Vincent, they all stepped up and had huge games. And when you factor in disappointing performances from KCP and MPJ as well, that all added up. The Heat dropped 36 points in the fourth quarter alone. That is one of the elite quarters of finals basketball you will ever see. They were knocking everything down. And when you factor in Joker, just the four assists as well, that set them up for a huge win. The Nuggets are 0-3 in the playoffs whenever he scores over 30 points in a game and they're 13-1 when he doesn't. So clearly the recipe for them to get the dub is for Joker to not score as much and have more assists. Easier said than done though. And to be fair, it wasn't all on the big fella. He was making some great passes. But like I mentioned, KCP, MPJ and co, they weren't knocking down their shots. Interesting to see how they roll out today and what type of adjustments Coach Michael Malone plays. They're clearly going to let Joker score and try and negate him from dishing assists to others. I don't think those shooters will have another day like that though. And saying that, we go back to Miami. That Heat team now has a sniff. Playoff Jimmy and co will be hungry to make it 2-1. So it should be all go for today's game. If the Heat can pull this off, shit. Another spanner in the works. A real cat amongst the pigeons. Can Denver to get the dub, but it's going to be a tight one. And really interested to sit back, watch, and see how she all unfolds. ESPN. 12.30 tip-off. Make sure you're tuned in. Then we jump over to the world of golf and geez was it all go. The PGA and the Live Tour. They've done the unthinkable. Merged together. Got into bed with the enemy. And shit has this really rattled the players. And the craziest thing for me about all of this is the PGA chairman. He just went ahead and did it without actually notifying the players. You have guys like Rory McIlroy who are on the board as the players representative. They said they found out via Twitter that this deal had gone down the live golfers massive win for them of course they left a couple years back maybe even shorter than that for a huge payday bank the cash and shit that they cop some flack as well the pga were on their high horse saying that these guys have sold out accepted money from the devil and that they would never be welcomed back into the game well it just shows money talks push came to shove the pga saw what live tour are doing they saw the momentum they were gathering and they decided they needed to shut that down and accept the deal to merge together. Those guys that left banked a massive payday and now they get to come back as if nothing ever happened and reap the rewards. Tiger Woods, he turned down over 800 million US and sure the bloke doesn't need the money but this has got to hurt and I tell you what, if I was a player as well who stuck true to the PGA like your McElroys and co, I'd be refusing to play until this chairman walks. You just can't run business like that especially with the modern day athletes. If a scenario like this happened in the NBA, you could bet your bottom dollar guys like LeBron, Kyrie and co would not lace up. So the players, they do have a bit of power and it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out fair to say I certainly didn't see this coming not this early anyway a massive win for Live Golf and I'm excited to see how it all unfolds moving forward a huge day yesterday in the world of golf and then quickly just to wrap her up a bit of a surly schedule of what's going on at the moment we have Aussie versus India going down in your test cricket world championship got underway last night 
Of course, on Sky Sport 1, some good viewing. India, they won the toss, elected to bowl, send the Aussies into bat. Remu in hand, though, the Aussies did bloody well, courtesy of the great man Travis Head. 146 runs off 156 bowls. That's a one-day-like strike rate. Going at a rate of 93 with 22 fours. So he's seeing the old kookaburra clear out of his eyes and also worrying for the Indians. Old Smith, 95 not out off 227 balls. He's building up one of those vintage innings. So great signs for the Aussies. India up against it early. Let's see if they can bounce back over the next few days. Of course, this game's going down in London. Bit of a mutual venue, but it looked like the atmosphere was hissing. Plenty of bums on seats. A lot of excitement around the final of this World Test Championship. So strap yourself in, get yourself in the mixer. Sky Sport 1, like I mentioned. We've also got the Stanley Cup finals going down in the great world of the NHL with the Golden Knights, my adopted team for this series, taking on the Panthers, not from Penrith. In the finals, Vegas, they've won the first two games, got a 5-2 win and a 7-2 win. Game 3 goes down tomorrow, midday, on ESPN. So tune into that. The old puck, she goes back to Panthers land. They will be desperate to get the dub, of course, first of four, as all these American sports final series are. So if the Knights can pull off these two road wins, they will sweep that series. And then also the French Open in your tennis. If you're into old putting the racket through the yellow ball, then tune into that. It's all go. Starting to get down to the business end now. There's been some great tennis played on the clay. Roland Garros looks like one of the great venues as well. The crowd, they're right in the mixer. Not a huge stadium, but entertainment deluxe. So get around that. And then also, Champions League final going down Sunday morning with Man City chasing the three-peat, looking to have the almost perfect season. Hopefully they don't pull it off and get the dub, but I think they will see. 7am on your Sunday morning for that one. So most of those sports, everything apart from the football, the Champions League final anyway, all available to watch, of course, on Sky Sport now. Sign yourself up so you don't miss a minute of the action. That's us for another episode of Surly Talk Sports, another jam-packed one, so I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks to the legend, Marty Banks, for jumping on to chew the fat. Really appreciate his time. A huge weekend of sport, NBA finals, your NHL, rugby, NRL, plenty to sink your teeth into. Something for everyone. Make sure you get around it. Watch it all on Sky Sport now. Of course, use that code SURLY10 for a cheeky little discount. They keep the lights on at Surly HQ. So really appreciate them as always up the wars up the blues hopefully both of them can bank dubs and the mighty blues can march onto the semis where there will be some mouth-watering matchups congrats to jared croker one of the game's greats but young ali he's gonna show you up tomorrow night and make that an uncomfortable watch enjoy your weekend go well up the mighty code as well can't wait to get out there with some grassroots code and i'll catch you back here same time same place tomorrow to talk some punting great man Blake Ashford jumping on to chew the fat there as well so strap in go well and enjoy your Thursday